TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 563, and I'm Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Wheatonopolis. This is Tom, and I chair the communication department at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. Hi, this is Yusun, costume designer and TV enthusiast, calling in from Los Angeles. All right, we ha- let's start off with the news, and Tom, hit us. What you got? We got a little bit of news. Uh, first off, at Amazon. Well, it's sort of well at Amazon. Rings of Power is adding eight new recurring cast members, none of whom are household names, so I'm not, I'm not going to bother going through them. But all new recurring, and they're also recasting uh, the lead bad guy, who's like the right hand of uh, what's his face. Uh, Sauron. Yeah, so, you mean the guy that was like in charge? No, of all the, his right hand, not. Not Sauron, who was pretending to be somebody no, else. No, but the the one who was the one who was um, in charge, charge of the orcs of, of all the orcs. Right, right. And I still haven't found out what. It's very weird how not, they are. Yeah, I like that actor. Yeah. I, I did too. And there's no real explanation for why they're getting Recasting rid of him. That actor, and, yeah, and that actor was better than. Yeah, yeah, that actor was better than the dude playing Sauron. I thought so. Too. I, I thought he was marvelous, and yeah. I mean, he's he's you know, uh, I remember him from. Uh, Game of Thrones, where he was great in that too, and they're very, very tight-lipped about why he's leaving. That nobody's saying sexual yeah, harassment. Wonder, or some sort of sexual misconduct. That's the only. I, thing I was going to say I want to hear Me Too stuff because usually yeah, when yeah. they don't want to say something, that says something. Um, yeah. Also, even though this technically isn't Amazon, Mike Flanagan and Tra- Trevor Macy, who uh, did Haunting of Hill House and all the good stuff to jump ship from Netflix to Amazon, before they jump ship. They secured the TV rights to the Dark Tower. What's really interesting. Oh, right. What's, the, that. what's really interesting is that was specifically excluded from their Amazon deal. But what's fascinating is that Amazon at one time had the TV rights to Dark Tower. So, um, we'll so they're see. doing Dark Tower now. We're doing Dark yeah. Tower. We just don't know where it's going to end up. I would still say Amazon's got all the money. They'll throw some more money at them. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is in talks to star in J.J. Abrams and David E. Kelly's Presumed Innocent series at Apple TV+. Um, Netflix canceled The Bastard Son and the Devil after one season. I didn't even know it was on. That was actually very surprising because I watched it and I thought it was very good. And the reason I watched it was because it had become so popular. The word of mouth was like huge about this show. It's what called show? Bastard Son and the Devil Himself. I wow. saw it on the cover of Netflix every time I went there. Yeah, and actually they changed the title of it too, which was weird to me. But um, if, from what I understand, the ratings were great. There's like a huge, really rabid following um, for this show, and yet they killed it. So, so of I, course I Netflix cancels it. it. Make a sense. It, it, and it's a shame because it was actually a very good show. I never even and heard fun- of it. And finally, they they ordered a Western limited series called American Primeval, starring Taylor Kitsch from Mar- writer Mark L. Smith. He wrote Revenant and Midnight Sky. Director Peter Berg, who worked on who was uh, showrunner on or one of the one of the uh, executive producers on Friday Night Lights with 
which is basically Kitch's big break, and then executive producer Eric Newman. So, and that's it. Light news as we approach the holidays. Okay, and I'm going to throw out some news, which is my show, Kindred, uh, will premiere on Hulu on Tuesday, December the 13th. This Tuesday. This Tuesday, yes. And they're dropping all the episodes at once. And I I guess we'll talk about it on the podcast, so that'll be weird for me. But you can't Uh, talk about it, because... Yes, I cannot. But no, they're dropping them all, so I don't have to worry about spoilers, per se. Okay. Because they all drop at once. Not a conflict of interest? It's probably a conflict of interest, but I can give you guys inside information, too. So that's that's different. That's different. But we'll see. All right. So let's start off the shows. First up, we're going to talk about The Rookie. And this actually had two episodes that that came out on Sunday. And which was weird because they weren't. There were two. Yeah. Dang you do not watch. You only watched I didn't one. watch two. I didn't watch two. <laughs> there were two. But what's weird is I can see why you didn't watch or look for the second one because it wasn't like a cliffhanger. There wasn't like the first one ended and oh my God, what's the second one about? It was it was very much a uh two very separate episodes. It was quite strange. Um, so what's the one that you guys saw? I'm curious. I watched the, the one that seemed like a takeoff on speed with the people with the bombs. Yes. I saw that one as well. Yes. That was, that was the first one. And so let's talk about that one. Uh, which, I mean, it was basically a speed knockoff, but then when you find out the guy's motivation, you're like, seriously, sorry. I just, I mean, I got that. He thought that the company was being uh, greedy, but I also understand the company being like, oh, this is a negotiation. No, nope. you know, so I get, I get it. I get like, I get both sides, but uh, nope. I just felt like the, the brother, I take it. You should just not see both sides. Nope. Uh, but, but I, I thought that the brothers taking it was a little extreme. That's all. Nope. <laughs> I wish they had killed one of the guys and spared the woman. It just seemed like a little bit much that he kills. Yeah. He kills a woman Probably- sister and lets the two guys live. Oh, he didn't let it. He didn't. I was about to say he didn't let anybody. I he know, was, trying, he was legit trying to Fair. kill everyone. Fair. So it wasn't like you know, just semantics. I just thought that that was kind of, you know, I thought it was not that I'm bloodthirsty or something, but I would have made the woman the second victim unless they were going for the more sympathetic. Yeah, they were going Maybe. for the sympathetic. So then you see the yeah. stakes are higher. As well, soon well, as he I, promised her that uh, we're going to get this off your, you know, there's not a. There's not a GPS unit, so we're gonna get this off you, and you can talk to your mom. Yeah, he said I, I, like she did. That faked me I'm out. Just, oh, really? I went the it other did, way. It didn't fake me out either. As soon as he said that, I fast forwarded until the gun, until the the car was smoking because I I didn't want to watch her be hopeful and blow up. I didn't want to see it because okay. I knew that was what was gonna happen. See, that seemed mm-hmm. pretty. That seemed pretty dramatic and harsh for the rookie. I mean, and also, I'm sorry, but he seemed too close to her to have like survived that with not a scratch. Like not a scratch. I thought no, no, eh. the bomb guy. No, the bomb guy was the one that was there. No, but yeah, no, but, he, like, no, he like, was no. far. He was pretty far. I don't know. I didn't think so. I, I thought he was close enough to have gotten some damage. I didn't say he would die or like whatever. But shrapnel? I don't know. I mean, are we talking about the I bomb guy? No, no, I'm talking, talking about, about Nolan. He's talking about Nolan. Yes, I, oh, I like the, the show. You can't harm him. 
I no, but <laughs> again, like I said, he has definitely been injured. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like it was a little weird that he had no injury, none. I mean, the glass shattered. There was fire, like no shrapnel. That seemed weird. But I want to go back to that's a small thing. I, no, actually, I'll talk about the imbalance of it because it's to me it was very gritty for 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 the rookie, right? And I was not prepared for that. I did not get. I did get faked out because I thought, oh, she's going to live. I think Tom, I think Tom, for me, I think they did the woman first because for me, I felt like it was very much a, like a shift in the, like, I thought it was going to be an ex-boyfriend. I mean, sad to say, right. But I thought it was going to be a lover's court, like some sort of a smaller issue. Certainly not that she was negotiating for a hostage in a hostile country. So I feel like the woman going first was a very uh it was very ch- uh, um concentrated choice it was a very sort of we're we're gonna set it low it's gonna be a domestic thing or it's, it's certainly gonna be like a american thing it, it i had no idea that it was gonna be like that um and going on that you know whether it was a brother or a sister i have a brother right so i can very much relate and it isn't so much that there was a negotiation the guy admitted and i don't know how the brother found out about it but he basically was sort of kind of saying like not that she was being left behind, but you know, I just felt like they were too casual about this dude's life. They were, and, they were casual. Yes. And that's what I'm saying. And so like, that would have incensed me to no end. I mean, would I have murdered people with like neck bombs? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Don't I ask feel like, you, son. Huh? Yeah, and also I feel like, I feel like the CEO was the most, like if I was yes. going to, yes. I, I would have gone after him. I wouldn't have Correct. gone after necessarily everybody no, else. Show me, no, but the show made it very specific that those two, the woman and that second guy were the ones that were handling, they were on the ground. They were handling the negotiations. So I would have taken them all out. I feel like his choices were very valid. So. Wow. I'm, okay. I'm, but I'm. leave you alone. Yes. Don't cross me. Don't come after my people. But but that being said, no, do I do I uh, support, you know, murder? No, but I think that the, <laughs> you hesitated. Well, I like how you hesitated. I don't, I don't know. That it murder. Murder. Well, well. <laughs> I think it was I, when it's motivated by revenge. Look, you know, um, uh, street justice, you know, or whatever you want to call it. Vigilanteism is never a good thing. Right. That's a slippery slope. But I felt like uh, in terms of the show for me i thought it was it was believable enough it's the rookie guys you know what i mean so i didn't have a problem with uh you know the story that they were pushing because i felt like the dude is like obviously destroyed and he's like out of his mind so and i did like and again i don't know why the show doesn't usually you guys know i'm always like i knew it was gonna happen i guessed it i did not think when he because it's the rookie so i thought it was like very grim for the rookie not a complaint just a surprise when he was like, okay, here's the code. Like, I'm going to let him go. You know what I mean? And then and it was like, nope. yeah. you know, <laughs> like, he, he was lying. He wants, yes. you, he wants you all to die. I didn't guess that. Okay. Either. Yeah. I, I, I like that. That was a nice surprise. That was pretty good. Cause it looked like she had convinced him. Yeah. So that was nice. But what I was going to say, the second episode, which apparently none of you watched, which is very weird. Cause they were on back to back. Hmm. Um, and I would assume if you watched them on Hulu, it would have been like, Hey, play, play next episode. So the next episode was, follows that logic of grimness to be more grim. Wow. So the next episode, uh, the, the Nolan's rookie 
she arrests, they, they do a takedown. She arrests the guy. She has to have like a little kerfuffle with him because it's a big dude and he doesn't like. Oh, I did watch it. Keep going. There you go. I watched it. (laughs) So the whole thing about that one is after her fight with him, he gets put in holding and some other guys attack him. And there's this huge fight in, in holding. And I was like, where are all the cops? Yes. Nolan and his rookie were getting beat down. Yeah. Like for a while. Yeah, yeah I thought that too. I was like, dude, where are the rest of the cops? Because there were the cops that were at the counter w- that opened the door. But when the fight happened, all those cops were gone. No, like, they and, just disappeared. The alarm was some giant red button, like that Staples, like, instant delivery yeah. button. <laughs> I, I, I was like, what? Like, they're in the middle of a fight. They have to get up and they have to fight to press, like, the huge, like, you know, delivery button. Well, like, and my other thing is, where, how come the other cops that had let open the door for them, they didn't hit the red button? Like, I that know. Was, all of it was just really ridiculous. Yeah. And then way too long later, like, 20 yep. cops come rushing in and yep. break up the fight. Yep. But I was like, and then when they're finished and they look all bloody and destroyed, I was like, wow. And then one of the guys dies in custody and it was the guy she took down. So the, half the episode is about that rookie thinking she killed someone. Right. And I was like, wow. Like it was, it was kind of dark. It was a little dark, but it you was know, good. Uh, I, you know, I'm. I'm a little bit of the opposite, you know, because I thought that um, we'd already gone down this road and they did give lip service to it, which credit where Nolan was like, listen, I know how you feel. I went through the same thing. He killed a person. He went under review. He was put on an administrative leave, yada, yada, yada. So I was like, why do I got to watch this again? So except that for Nolan, by the time it happened to Nolan, the show had been on for like three seasons. And so he was not just a rookie at that point. No, I know, but I don't care. Like the whole mm-hmm. conflict of like, forget about, I don't really like his rookie. I do. She, I have never. Oh, okay. There you go. There's I have the, never really, I don't dislike her except they're pushing the whole like ghost seance, you know, uh, you know, all of that kind of stuff, you know, her feelings and intuition doing that once too much, fine. too much. Yeah. yeah. But it's, they've defined her by that. And that's just weird. And then, so I don't love her character. I think her acting is fine. I'm not. Oh, gonna I have a quick cool. question. Yeah. I have a quick question. So aside from her, uh, so they have, uh, Nolan and his fiance are dithering on a date to pick for their wedding. They can't figure it out. They're yeah. not getting married. I know. And I was about, totally. that, that's where I'm, that's where I'm going with this, which is then we introduce Tim's sister that the Nolan sister. is, he's inexplicably just spending all this time with her. Yes. And I like her better already. Totally not. <laughs> and was, totally not. And I was like, oh. I was like, oh, they have way more chemistry. Because like, yep. I was yep. watching this. You mean like, oh, chemistry, period. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, I agree with you. I feel like that w- the wedding that is not going to happen. And also, they, they have nothing in common. Like, they couldn't decide where to go on their honeymoon. Like, honeymoon. They were coming up with, they were yeah, coming they up were with craziness. Us. They're prepping yeah. us to And she can't us? tell the difference between a coyote and a dog. <laughs> <laughs> When they showed when they showed the coyote in the in the uh, crate, I was like, "That's not a dog." Like when when I first saw that, I was like, "That's not a dog." What are you doing? And that and is he the was best like, looking coyote I have ever seen because they look, usually look mangy. <laughs> they must have well, gotten sure themselves. That, yeah, I'm sure that's a trained coyote. Hollywood coyote. Oh yeah, but well, still, you know, even the coyotes are prettier in Hollywood. <laughs> 
it's a pretty well, anyway, let's let's move on. Let's move on. So oh, Tim, oh, I think uh Tim and Chen are finally moving forward. Oh, that's huge. Good that's, lord. I was texting, I was texting y'all saying about freaking time. <laughs> yeah, she finally dumped the dead weight. She was like, Well, don't you want me to explain to you while I'm why I'm breaking up with you? And he was like, uh, No, I'm that good. was very realistic. <laughs> I thought that yeah. was great. I thought that yeah, first of all, I did not want to be in that conversation. I was like, please don't make us sit through that conversation. Nobody wants to be in that conversation. Why would I want to watch that conversation? And I thought right. it was really realistic where he's like, Nope, I'm out. I don't care what you gotta <laughs> say to me. I loved that for all of us, for all our sakes. All right. Well, let's move on. Uh, so thumbs up. Next up, we're going to talk about the Mysterious Benedict Society. And we're going to talk about the season finale. And I have to say, this season as a whole, now that I'm looking back at it, has not was not as good as season one. Um, the the mysteries of it, and also just the, the thing that makes me like the show is how smart the kids are. Mm-hmm. And this season did not convince me that the kids were super smart. They just kind of fell into stuff. I mean, yes, they invent some machine that mysteriously makes the people who are mysteriously happy not happy with a flashlight, but they didn't explain how the people are getting happy anyway. Uh, so it was just, nah. It was hypnosis. Uh, sort of, I guess. It was a type of hypnosis. And he was teaching like that little kid to do it and other people to do it. Okay, sure. I just... <laughs> It just seemed ridiculous. All of it just seemed ridiculous to me. Uh, but not in a way, like season one, I felt that it was all charming. This season, I found it annoying. And it I was don't slow. really, yeah, I can't really tell you exactly why. But, and then I, you get to the end and they're like, oh, we're brothers and we're going to work together, but we have an evil sister. Like, come on, <laughs> man. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was a fun was, reveal, though. And was it fun? Depending I mean, on who they get to cast of- to play the sister. Who? What? Depending on who they get to, ah. who they cast to play the sister, if they get a season three. By the way, speaking of casting, I'm loving that Harriet Sansom Harris is like popping up lots of places because I've always loved her since she was BB Glazer on Frasier, and she she had a crucial role on the second season of Hacks. So shout out to her. And also, did y'all rec- recognize grown Haley Joel Osment? As I did. number yes. one, yeah, sure. <laughs> yes, sure. I did. He's creepier looking as an adult than he was as a child. Honestly, he is. I don't know who he's fooling with the beard, dude. Just shave your beard and own the fact that he, you look like a kid still. He leans into <laughs> it though, like his creepiness. He definitely yeah. is like, I'm not going anywhere near my old stuff, and he's like, so I'm just gonna play creepy, weird, you know, background guy who just creeps around. I mean, he's not playing lead roles, so he's definitely a character actor. Um, I think he's doing what Harry Potter's what's his face did uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Daniel although Radcliffe. Unfortunately, yeah, although unfortunately he's not getting lead roles, but Daniel Radcliffe did everything possible he could to separate himself from, you know, cute Harry Potter and respect. And he is getting lead roles. Yeah, that's what I yeah, mean. Yeah. As opposed to you know Haley Joel, um, and I think he's a better actor. <laughs> I don't because Haley Joel didn't get a chance. That's all I'm nope. saying. You know. No, he didn't get a chance, and he hasn't gotten a chance to prove that he could and is a good adult actor. I mean, we all know the curse of the child actor, so Daniel Radcliffe is so fortunate because even, uh, you know, Rupert Grimes, is that his name? And um, and to a much lesser degree, because she got roles. I don't know where she went. What happened? Yeah, to but she's not good as an adult. No, she, I don't know. Who are we talking about? 
Who are we Emma talking Watson? about? Emma Watson. But she was getting cast, Tom. You know she was getting cast. She was you getting know cast, I mean? but she's not good. I know. I know. I didn't say she was. All right. Well, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's move oh, on. So I'll talk so about what I, 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 I haven't it, talked about. But, oh, go ahead, Tom. No, I, th- I thought it was a fun scene. It, it was different. Um, it, wh- I have inside information that season one, they focused more on the adults. And season two, they made a concentrated effort to sure. focus more on the kids. Sure. So it didn't. Fe- it didn't feel that way. It felt the opposite to me. Oh, I thought that. I thought what Tom, I, I agree with what Tom said. What do you think, Tom, about what you just said? No, well, I I know that I, I know one of the writer producers. So, but, but I'm I, saying, did you, do you feel they did it? Do you feel they succeeded? I do. I I enjoyed it. I thought it was a little disjointed though because you spent the you spent the two episodes on the you know there's the one setup episode. You you have the two episodes on the boat, and then they're like on the run. So the structure of the season felt a little off. And yeah, that's a lot off to me. You know, I I I'm in the middle. I definitely think that it was much less engaging and fun than the first season. Uh, the first season was really quirky. It reminded me a little bit of um, ugh, who's the guy who does um, yeah, like the moon moonlight uh, th- you know, he does the Tannenbaums, the Royal Tannenbaums, and oh, Wes he- Anderson. Yeah, yeah, it seemed it felt very Wes Anderson for me the first season, including the color and the characterization, uh, which is fine. I where's Wes Anderson? I haven't seen any of his stuff lately. Um, so I love the beats of the show. I thought you know how much I have trouble with. I find it challenging to watch child actors. Um, I I didn't have a problem with any of them, and as we've all talked about, Constance was a joy. Uh, to watch, but I liked all of them. You know, the earnestness of the one, the, you know, the, the point Dexter of the other, the, you know, whatever. So I thought the first season was very strong. The second season, uh, I, I will agree with you, Tom. I thought it was a little disjointed. I will agree with you, uh, Olivia. Uh, oh no, I will disagree with you, Olivia. I don't think it was about the adults. I think they super focused on the kids. Um, and they, they were less charming. There was like less things that they had to kind of figure out or do there was yeah that's my thing they weren't they weren't interesting yeah no that's why i'm agreeing with you but i but they focused focused on them and i think that the um the entire the entire season is essentially a rescue you know what i mean so it's Mm -hmm. not really interesting to watch a bunch of kids who like have very little agency and like you know in this season weren't particularly ingenious or you know used a lot of ingenuity or resourcefulness so if i'm watching a bunch of kids rescue people like i want that so I didn't get that. And then the ending, I'll just say, um, I thought uh, was fine uh, with, Tom, like, Tom. I kind of thought the sister was, like, you know, hilariously funny in the sense that it's like, well, that kind of tracks. This is that kind of a show. Um, I thought they wrapped it up a little too quickly. You know, it was just sort of like, I'm going to convert my brother. He thinks I am, like, you know, uh, comatose or, or, you know, catatonic. And now we're done. So I thought it was kind of rushed, but I wasn't upset that they rushed it. I was like, okay, great. You tied it up. So I'm kind of in the middle between the two of you. All right. Uh, next up, let's talk Echo 3. And when I say let's, I was the only one who went down that rabbit hole of that show. It's a new show on uh, Apple TV. And it's the premise is that this woman gets kidnapped in South America and her both of her brothers are her not their both of her brothers her brother and her husband are special forces and they specialize in rescuing people that is 100% what they do 
but there's like a political quagmire around this and the only reason that they can even get close to her is because her husband is actually a really rich guy he's like think bruce wayne kind of rich like he has his own helicopter and i was like if you're that rich why are you special forces risking your life in the middle like that like the dichotomy of that makes no sense they live in this huge mansion and he spends all his time in a hell jumping out of helicopters in other countries risking his life and getting shot and i just i don't buy it like that doesn't like those two things don't compute you cannot mix those two things together uh not in the real world like in a superhero world sure but like in the real world like i don't buy it but anyway so and they needed him to be rich to cut through a bunch of red tape that will allow the two of them to even get in a position to use their special forces ability to try to rescue the woman and I just, it was just too many things that I found unbelievable. And then the first episode, because they tell you in the trailer that she's going to be kidnapped and it's all about their rescue, yet the entire first episode is all about how her relationship with her husband is falling apart. And oh my God, it's, we're at their wedding. Because, well, we've, we start at their wedding and it gets to their relationship falling apart and all this other stuff. And she doesn't leave just South American country to like the end of the first episode. It's just a lot of preamble. And I'm like, dude, if this is an action show, let's get to the action. So I didn't get very far. I got like into two episodes, but I can't see myself going back. I didn't find the situation or the characters compelling enough. So that is my very quick review of Echo 3. And if anyone else wants to watch it and give a different review... You are welcome to. All right. Next up, we're going to talk uh, the English episodes three and four. And I am behind on the English. So I'm going to hum really loud while you guys uh, <laughs> give your reviews of the English. And let's start with Allison because she hasn't talked in uh, several shows. Well, that would be good because I can't remember what three and four was. <laughs> oh, I've watched the entire thing. So it's like, wait, what, what was in that? Three, Go ahead. Three is when it's called Vultures on the Line. It's the one where Eli uh, Cornelia is trying to find Eli because Eli's been been kidnapped by the um, the husband, and the the somewhat creepy husband and wife team. Right. Okay. Somewhat creepy, <laughs> as in very. Um... Basically. Cornelia, Cornelia's got these these kids that she rescued, the infant, and then the uh, the I guess kind of like elementary school age girl. So uh, thankfully, she finds uh, she kind of stumbles upon the family of those uh, of the kids and turns them over, and they're extremely grateful. And then she goes looking. She realizes she tries to go back and connect with Eli. And then figures out that he's missing, and because she's no Rube, and I love this about the way they they they've made Emily Blunt's character. Basically, the 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 wife, basically the husband and wife have 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 kidnapped Eli, uh, shot him with some kind of you know poison dart that put him out, and turned him over to people who want to question him about this massacre that happened years earlier, and uh, Cornelia. Is, is on the trail not too much after all that happens 
So they try to play off, oh, he left. And she's like, yeah, you lie. And then the wife tries to sweet talk her and then threaten her. And then uh, <laughs> Cornelia stabs her. <laughs> and the wife says, shivved by a white woman before she passes out. And then Cornelia <laughs> takes the husband and says, I'm going to let your wife bleed out until you tell me where he is. So uh, that episode kind of episode three ends with her now knowing that Eli is probably in danger and heading toward him. And um, episode four, we get the flashback and we get, we get flashbacks galore. Um, Okay. Allison, correct me if I'm wrong. Did she marry the fancy British dude? Or was she just engaged to him? No, no, she was just engaged. She she was engaged to him like long term, and then all of what happens in the flashback happens to her, and and that kind of ruins everything. Can we can we talk three though before we move to four? Can we? Because I have so much to say about three, and I haven't talked about the English in a long time. And then Allison, you can fill in because I'd love to hear what you have to say. And you guys know I love the show. I mean. Honestly, I'm having a real hard time between this is going to definitely be my honor, honorable mention or I might just have to toss it up in the air between this and Andor. They're so different and yet they're not because to me, the writing, the acting, the cinematography, the filming, all of it is great. Um, but I have got I have got to just stop for a moment because, Tom, you did a fantastic job of, of, of summarizing it. But I want to talk about little bits and pieces. Emily Blunt is outstanding and she needs to get all the awards. They need to make up an award for her and then they just need to give it to her because she is traditionally like the English Rose, right? And she's perfectly cast for her role, yada, yada, yada. But for me, like, and we talk about this all the time, her ability to uh, play that role of both fear and grit is, I mean, I don't know if this is the word that I should be using. It's exquisite. It is you believe how scared she is. You believe how strong she is. You believe that she's already gone on this journey. We talk about an arc. She went on an arc in like two and a half episodes, right? She comes in as this blushing, you know, naive rose, you know, English rose. And by this point, episode three, she I believe it. I believe that she has learned some lessons already. I believe that she, you know, and that's a tribute to both the acting and the writing of the of Eli's presence in her life. It's very organic. I believe that he he's absolutely, you know, infused with her the 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 um the wisdom of the wild, you know, like how you have to behave. And that scene where the uh, that crazy lady with the black eyes, you know, um it, you know, it, it is basically, you know, cataloging how much her life and and her, you know, wagon and all that stuff is going to cost, you know, and then you think that she's going to be attacked by them. And, uh, you know, and then they do a bait and switch and it turns out it's the dad of the child, you know, and then, you know, she sees, and then there's a moment of morality. This show is so layered where basically they're super thanking her and it's supposed to be a really happy moment because she's returned the child. And then she's trying to communicate in broken English that they are basically stealing the land of, of the Indians, you know, uh, sorry, the Native Americans. And then, you know, and they're kind of like, no, it's all up to God. It's all art. So, I mean, they're hitting everything. They are hitting things about this woman's uh, growth. They're talking, you know, Eli. Then there's even talk about the romance. Then there's the morality of the, I mean, every level of episode three. To me, I haven't seen the rest of the series, Allison. So this is why I'm saying like, I mean, I obviously don't want to give spoilers, but I don't know that it could get better than three because then she figures out that Eli's life is in trouble. So she's like, I need a saddle. 
So she was like, so she leaves everything behind. She races back knowing that his life is in danger. She totally outwits the the, the wife, as you said. Um, and then she, oh my God, the best scene ever where she is sitting in the dark with a rifle, right? And she even, I'm almost done. She even makes reference to how she was in the very similar situation, right? Two people across the table from each other, you know, one knowing that they're going to be dead kind of thing and the money's going to be stolen. Like she, they reference it and they make her the heavy in that role and you believe it. And it's amazing when she talks about how much is your life worth? How much is your wife's what life worth? I mean, I, I'm almost done. I swear to God, you guys can talk about four without me. Um, it was so intense. Her acting is amazing. She doesn't lose her humanity. So there's never a moment where suddenly she's too uh, too smart or too evil or too capable, right? It's just, I believe it. And I want her to be my best friend. I was like, I just, everything about her I admire. So lastly, costumes. Fantastic. She even, they even mentioned that about how her, her dress is tattered and torn. And we've talked about this before. Like, not only is the fashion realistic, it's realistically worn. It's realistically dirty. It's realistically kind of, you know, and yet still beautiful. And I will roll this into four and not talk about four. You guys can take it. Her costumes and the set design of four and her life in England in great contrast to the dust and the dirtiness and the barrenness of the West was outstanding. Okay, I'm done. Somebody else go. <laughs> okay, well, um, I, 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 I would have to say, you know, I, I agree I, I was with everything gonna, that you said. I, I'm going to say we can't talk about four now. We're going to have to leave that for next time because we actually are out of time. We have like five more shows to talk oh, about. Oh, no, but I also needs to talk about three. I'm so sorry. Um, no, I, I, I agree with everything that you, that, that you said. Uh, it's, it's, what I love so much about this particular series is the nuance that it has. It's it, it, it could only have been made now because I you know, it, it is mercifully free of the whole um although it, it acknowledges and and emphasizes the whole um you know, conquering the West and the the colonialist attitude and um, you know, all of the the, the uh whole um attitude that was taken at the time that god give gave this to white people to conquer and um you know you see this attitude even reflected in characters that we've seen that are produced that are that are are introduced as benign um like this you know religious group who who she returns the children to uh it's it's really amazing how they get all of the nuance here in terms of not just the politics but the character development as well um i agree the whole thing with with emily blunt uh going back to to try to save eli and um how how she figures it out too is when she's she's given the the um compass which we we later find out is is hers um, so she knows that there's something up there, but I was expecting, I guess, because, you know, we've seen so many of these play out before these kinds of confrontations. I thought that she was just going to be twisted around forever by the, by the, the, the man and woman, by the, the, uh, couple and, and forced to have to go on her own and not get the information or maybe even be, be taken uh, advantage of again by them and the fact that she turned it around onto them so fast 
that she she did learn the lessons that she's you know had had been getting so far, and that she was willing to get ruthless enough to take control of the situation was fantastic, and it was it was unexpected on on my part. I was not I was not looking for that, and so I thought that that was that was wonderful. But this is this is a, a wonderful series, and I think these last episodes just emphasize that. All right. Well, let's move on. Uh, next up, we want to talk about uh, his dark materials that returned to HBO earlier than I thought it was. I don't know why I had that wrong in my schedule. They dropped the first two episodes, but I only watched one mainly because after I watched the first one, I was like, huh. Like, it was weird. It was like, we're... I remember the witches being a big deal and uh trying to get them on their side like that was a huge deal i remember the polar bears i remember all of that and i was like did we have angels how do i not remember the angels i feel like i would they have remembered at, they were at the very 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 end of the last but they, i i feel like the way that they have them in this season there was and they did this weird prologue to give us all this backstory on the angels i was like are, are we getting the condensed version what is happening and it was it was actually really it really threw me off because yes i i vaguely remember now that he had like a really quick thing and it, and, and you would think if the angels were going to be that big of a deal they would have given us backstory like they would have weaved the the mythology of the angels in through the whole thing and then but no we get introduced to him at the last minute at the end of last season and then we get this cartoon uh, like visual like previously on that we didn't see about the history of the angels and it just yeah and then our main character was in a coma for 90% of the episode so I was not impressed yeah Allison? I it, it, well I think part of the problem and and it's a big one is that um, for whatever reason, maybe the, the ratings weren't what they were expecting or uh, it just turned out to be more expensive than they intended. Um, they, the, the decision was made, first of all, to wrap the story up this season. So a lot of things that could have taken a couple of seasons to tell us about are being condensed into just this one. And even more uh, importantly, they've reduced the budget, I think, by like half. And well, I mean, the, Vista, on the, screen. the vistas look good, but like, say the well, sure, they, they, they set them, you know, they whenever they they show you like uh, uh, an establishing shot, they're they're out, you know, in some really interesting environment. Yeah, it they looks great. That. Yeah, but all that looks when, great. But... but you notice whenever they're in an interior shot where they actually have to build the set, the set is like the size of a closet and it's. It doesn't really go much of anywhere, and they 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 continually put these oh. uh, characters in these little cramped environments. Well, my here's, here's... They, they also um, where where in previous in the last two seasons the demons were like a huge part of this story. You always saw people with the demons with running the demons, around and right. being very active, and because that's that's a part of who they are. And in this, there were so many times where I was going, um, "Where's the demons?" Where's yeah. you know don't, aren't they supposed to have demons where 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 they go um and no and here no here's my thing too budget to do it the the military guys that uh Azriel was trying to recruit 
their uniforms. I was like, did they just all finish losing at uh, uh, what is that the game with the paintball? Yeah, did they all just finish losing paintball? Their uniforms were the most ridiculous camouflage I've ever seen in my life. It's like, like what is all... that supposed to be camouflage against? Or exactly, it was like it was pink and polka dot and with. Like, it was literally like a uniform that got splashed with every color of paint. And I was like, how are you supposed to blend into anything? You stand out everywhere now. Mm-hmm. It, was the, it was the dumbest uniforms I've ever seen. And that was just really bizarre. That was just so bizarre. Um, yeah, the look of everything, um, not just those uniforms, but I think just in general, is is just it just looked cheaper it just looked it looked cramped it looked like they were trying to make up for the fact that they couldn't afford things the fact also that they they took our our lead heroine and and put her in a coma and it's and i've seen both episodes i've seen both episodes and she's in a coma for pretty much both of them Um, no yes she she wakes She's up at the, the end, but you know, I mean, it's it's like, what? Why am I watching this? What's going on? I'm supposed to be interested in her. Where'd she go? And, she and is, she has she's like, supposed to be the savior, right? She's yeah, the and, one that we're all doing this for, right? Exactly. So while she's in a coma, she does have some, I don't know whether they're supposed to be visions or hallucinations or something that are kind of interesting that I will play on, you know, later in the story. But you know, effectively in the real world, she's unconscious. And it's just, you just sit there and go, oh, come on with it. Just let's get let, on. Yeah, let's keep going. Like, I don't understand. Her mom was like, I'm putting you in this coma to protect you. And I was like, I don't understand how. Yeah. How is having her an unconscious helping her? Like, it's not hiding her because they find her anyway. Like, they find her being awake is not stopping them or not awake is not stopping them from tracking her down. Well, her, like, her idea, because I was wondering too, is like, do they, do they track her when she's conscious? Is that, um, but apparently it was just because she was afraid if she was conscious, she'd run away. And, oh, come on. You know, I mean, you really, might as well have just tied her down. Like that's just, and then at least they could have had interesting conversations. Something, you know, I mean, but this was nonsense. Yeah. It was that was really ridiculous, and it's nonsense that goes on for two episodes. And I honestly thought that everything that happens in those two episodes could have been condensed to one. To one, yes. Let's not have our hero unconscious that long. Yeah, it was uh, a big waste of time. It really was. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Uh, and then I was confused with Azrael's character because I was like, I'm pretty sure he's a bad guy because everything I've ever seen him do has been bad. Like both of her parents suck. Mm-hmm. And so, but they're portraying him in this season like he's the hero. And I'm like, wait, are we watching the same show? Like, that was the other thing that was kind of confusing, but whatever. I Well, I, I think the idea is that what he wants ultimately is a good thing, but he's, he's a fanatic. He's willing to sacrifice everything and yes, everyone to do he's it. he's a fanatic. Yeah. He's not a good person. He may, he may have um, what he's after. His ambitions are good. His goals are good, but he himself is not. And right. and what he's willing to sacrifice is pretty horrible. He's, he, right. It's 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 a look at a fanatic is is what it is. Right, but it's just the way they're portraying him this season. Because the other seasons, I felt it was very clear he's the bad guy. This season, I was like, wait, what? And I was slightly confused. But anyway, let's move on. That's all I got to say about that show. Let's move on. 
Next up, we're going to talk about two more episodes of Wednesday. And I want Yusin to talk because she didn't get to talk about Wednesday last week. But keep it short, please. We're running out of time. Um, so what did you think about Wednesday's episode three and four? Ooh, four three, is the four one with the mean, dance. Wait, one, two, three, four. Don't you mean five and six? Didn't you guys talk about No, no, no. Uh, Tom, I thought we did the first four, but Tom uh, yeah, we reminded did one me. And two. We only did one and two because he had only seen one and two. Oh, okay. So, so then can somebody else go though? Because I don't remember. What was three and four? Or somebody remind Go ahead, Tom. Tom will lead us off. Go ahead, okay. Tom. Three was the whole celebration where they go to town and hijinks. <laughs> Tom, how do you feel about how do you feel about this show? <laughs> oh my gosh. I I'm really torn as if I should finish it. I'm looking at some of the I was skimming through some Daily Beast uh, uh, news news reports that I missed, and their reviewer hated Wednesday. I am starting to also, because when the, when they have the fat kid eat the you know eat an overly large piece of I, I just bad. I don't tr- even know what you're talking. Bad. I don't tr- know what you're talking about. What are you talking about? In when they're they, they they're all assigned booths to work in town, and so they have. Oh, the other kid is eating all the fudge, or and whatever. the kid's eating all the fudge, and then the bullies come up, and of course he bars all over the bullies. It's like lazy much. It's like, come on, really, come on. And Tim, Burton, I will, I, Tim I will Burton, say garbage. Uh, I I don't care about the whole Tim Burton of it all, uh, because I've never been a big Tim Burton fan. I just I'm just judging the show on the show, and I. I would say that what I really liked was episode four when they got to the dance. And uh, I really liked Wednesday's dance. I loved how weird and bizarre that dance was. And the guy was like, I don't know what's happening. And he just stood there watching her and she just did. She's danced around. It was, that was that. And then they, Oh, I know. It was great. And then they ruin it by ripping off Carrie. It's like, yeah, oh my god! Yeah, they did. Seriously, seriously, come on! I, I, I have to say, I, I, was, I was not, I was not a big fan of this show at all. Um, but I did admire her physicality in that dance. I thought that she was. I mean, at that point, because I wasn't really sure about her one way or the other. I, there were elements of her performance that I thought were just, you know, too studied. Jenna Ortega. Um, and yeah, yeah. And it was it just kind of a little more monotone than it needed to be. But she kind of won me over with that dance because just physically it was so impressive to watch. I thought, I thought that was wonderful, but yeah, then they, they ruin it by just doing a carry. And that, although I have to say it didn't surprise me because. But I actually so really liked her response. I, I liked her response. Her response. To it. Her response was, <laughs> didn't even spring for real pig's blood. Amateur. I know. I know. I thought that was great. I'm like, if you're going to rip it off, then at least make a I, cool comment about it. Go I ahead. Like, Yusin hasn't spoken. Go ahead, Yusin. I like, that's actually my favorite part of the show is like when they, is it, I can't remember the word, controvert? <laughs> um, are expectation, I mean, you're not. It's They don't because you're waiting for, you know. Uh, Subvert. Yeah, subvert. Oh, that's right. Um, uh, the uh, well, I think there was. A, I mean, I think I combined two words. I wanted subvert and the, another word. But anyway, thank you, Tom. Um, uh, uh, what's the word? Um, uh, well, just keep talking. Yeah, no, no. Come on, oh, yeah. you can get it. So, so <laughs> okay. 
So I, it's very derivative, and that's okay if it's an homage, but it is clearly not. I feel like it's just a little bit lazy. No, I thought it was. That's what that's what I'm saying. I thought they were very aware that yes. they were yeah, making but I an don't, homage. I don't, no, I don't think. That's what I'm trying to say. Even if they were, it didn't come off as that. They didn't pull it off. That's what I'm trying to say. They didn't subvert. I thought. I absolutely thought they, especially by her making her comment. No, I thought that was let me, let me let me let me say this, which is. Um, that's par for the course. Like that is my favorite thing about the show, but that's also not subverting anything. And that's not, it's, it is literally her shtick. That's her MO that like every time that's the Adams family. Like every time any of them say something like, oh my God, I'm in so much pain. And they're like, I love it. You know, or like, you make me so sad. Thank you so much. Like, you know what I mean? Like none of those lines are real, but, um, you know, the, for me, let me just talk big and macro and then micro. For me, I don't think I dislike the show as much as Allison or Tom. Um, you know, I the the I have to agree with Allison uh, again, but not as much. Uh, I loved the original movie. I love Christina Ricci. So for me, um, it does seem kind of studied. It does kind of seem like I have a feeling she watched the movies. A lot of actors say, "Oh, I didn't watch the original." I feel like she did. Um, I don't know what she's saying in the world in real life. Um, so there are times when I feel like it's more organic and her performance is natural and and it's winning. And I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for. I'm just trying to rush through this. Uh, but other times I do feel like it's a little bit studied. It doesn't bother me though, because uh, that dry witticism and the dark humor or whatever, it's actually my favorite part of the show. So Libby, I agree with you. The best part of that whole dance scene was her being like, ugh, they don't even need to use real pig's blood, but I was expecting that type of comment and it paid off. I was like, nice. So for me, but like I said, it is derivative. It is this, but even if it's meant to be an homage, it it does not come off as an homage to me. They don't succeed. But as far as, um, by the way, I'm not even 100% sure. Like I should have looked it up if I was a proper podcaster. I'm pretty sure Colleen Atwood did the costuming um, and it shows it, you know, um, it's a little bit on her lower end. It's a little bit not as ostentatious or as like, you know, detail oriented, but it, it's very much to me, uh, it's well done. It's a, it's not quite a character of the, the show. Sometimes, you know, it, you know, sometimes as we know, costume design can absolutely be a costume. Uh, I mean, a choice to make it a, a, a separate character of the show, but I think that's okay because I feel like that might've pushed it into sort of not campiness, but it would have detracted from 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 the other stuff. So I think that the tone, the colors, you know, all of it, I thought they're very saturated. The blues are very blue. You know, there's not much to do with Wednesday. She's, you know, she's black, the, the her clothing, uh, you know, so so as far as that was concerned, that's really great. I don't hate the show. I watched I finished it. So I'll have more to say. And honestly, probably more negative, but still positive. There's there's things to like about the show and things to very much dislike about the show. Um, so I think that uh, the things I dislike are probably the things that Tom and Allison dislike. However, I just don't dislike them as much. And I don't think it's at this point at, anyway, because I'm trying to be fair. Episodes three and four, it wasn't enough to derail me. It was I was plenty fine interested. Um, but the mystery itself, not particularly interesting. Uh, I don't know if we're allowed to, I'm not going to reveal the big reveal, but I don't know if I'm even allowed to say this. Uh, if you watched the movies and know the actors and characters, it's pretty easy to kind of sort of understand where they're going, you know, with it. So none of that was a surprise. And I will end on this. You guys know, I love saying this, even if you're giving me something that I know that I've seen that I can guess, as long as you dish it out, you know, in a, with different silverware, on a better platter, with better mood and lighting, whatever you want to call it, I will eat it up. 
That's not the case here. It's just, uh, it's derivative. It's, uh, it's, um, you know, it's uh, kind of sort of ex expected, nothing really particularly new or interesting about the way they're delivering it, but it's not terrible to me. And when we talk about more episodes, if we're gonna, I can get into more stuff about like what I did still like about it and also what started to kind of grate on me. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to be the only one. Uh, we're going to wrap this one up because I, I don't like just hitting uh, dead, kicking a dead horse or whatever, as you want to call it. And we probably will not review any more of the episodes. I am the lone person who did enjoy the show, but that's okay. All right, let's move well, on. Well, the thing is, I think that there were good, there, there were parts like elements that, yeah. of it that were good. I thought overall they didn't coalesce into what I would consider to be a good show. I thought that it was, it was disappointing in that there was um, so much there that was promise and they, they, they just didn't live up to that. I mean, I, I kind of, I kind of, here's a plug here, kind of covered that in my review in Weedonopolis. Um, <laughs> Go for but, it. Uh, but yeah, I, I was just disappointed in that. I was, I was hoping for more. And I okay. don't gave me nothing. Uh, you know, I want to say that to you, Libya. I, I really didn't hate the show, but I think that what I will say this, and I know we're off of it. Uh, I think that's kind of more what uh, I would say about it, what Allison said, which is I think there was much more promise and I think it could have been easily a better show, but I don't, I didn't hate it as much as Tom did. Can I just put in a plug for this? <laughs> Every show does not have to do a season long story arc for a sitcom. The Addams Family was a 24-minute sitcom in the 60s, which became two feature films. You don't need to do a spinoff that is A, an hour long, B, that has an eight-episode story arc. You, know, you, can, you can do yeah. things intelligently because the mystery, which I really don't give a rip about, yep. but you would get far better material you know, doing this doing standalone episodes that contribute to an overall story. I feel like they could have done like- Guys, 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 we're done. We're done. Okay. Guys, we, we're, we don't have enough time. We're done. Fair. We're done. All right. Uh, next up, I'd like to talk about uh, Mythic Quest. And uh, this episode was their Christmas episode. And I asked Yusin to watch it because uh, I know that she is a big- Christmassy television programming person. She's like, well, do I need to know what's going on? I was like, nope, just watch it. It's just Christmas. And it's fun. I mean, I it, it helps if you know the characters and sort of like the characters and know their quirks and whatnot. But it was just basically uh, David's character really wanting to have a perfect Christmas and everyone working against him. And then finally everybody gets into the Christmas spirit and then they have a perfect Christmas. So I thought that, I, I mean, it's a very standard fare, but sure. it was, it was fun. Um, uh, Yusin, go ahead. Yeah, I'll speak quickly about it because I don't watch the show, but I did watch enough of it. I think I watched most of the first season. So like you said, it's just the characters being their characters. So um, it does obviously help, but uh, you know, for the more, the inside jokes and the this and that, but it's, I think it's broad enough and it's Christmassy enough to enjoy it. I do love a good holiday episode. I specifically, especially love Christmas episodes just for, I don't know why, just because they're fun. And it's, it's cute to see the characters that you know and love kind of be shoehorned into like a Christmas special or like a Christmas, you know, uh, moral, you know, morality sort of. And that's what this was about really letting someone, you know, 
have their Christmas, you know what I mean? And the way they want. Yeah. yeah, You know, and he was so earnest about wanting it and he, you know, tried his best. And I loved how he is totally like a geek and like, you know, and wants people to dress up and do Christmas, like all the stuff that nobody really wants to do. I mean, (laughs) I was like, I would totally dress up. I would totally. And he was like, we got a karaoke machine so we could all sing Christmas songs. And everybody was like, yeah, no. I was totally like, I would do it. Like I was totally <laughs> like, it's Christmas. Christmas is corny. Leave it alone, you know? But at the same time, you know, they, you know, it was funny because, you know, most people who work at, you know, companies, probably certainly tech, but I think any company, nobody wants to do that. They want Christmas. Not parties. at work. Yeah. Not they want work, Christ- no. Listen, Christmas parties, office Christmas parties are notorious, right? For sex on the copy machine and, you know, people like looking <laughs> up in the, you know, in the, you know what I mean? Like in the broom closet and, you know, that kind of stuff. So I get it. So I thought it was a refreshing kind of contrast between this poor guy who's super nerdy and wants, you know, wants what he wants. And and then it was very sweet that they gave him what he wanted. And it was lovely. It was like the art department and with the actual snow. And and so the payoff to me was adorable and sweet. So it was a cute one-off Christmassy episode. Uh, yeah, I think that if you know a little bit about the, last thing though, oh my God, the friendship thing with the gift giving, that was oh! hilarious. <laughs> because that is also classic christmas right where you don't agree on a, on a gift exchange and then someone well yeah and then somebody's like you didn't get me anything but and she's like we were doing it it was like we were doing gifts and then and she I know goes, we were doing gifts. oh so i failed at the friendship thing oh no you failed you at failed the at the friendship thing, thing. <laughs> and yes. i thought that was fantastic so it was cute it was cute and the only thing you missed from that backstory yeah. is about an episode or two ago, they kind of, they didn't like decide to do brunch together. They kind of got thrown together uh, and did brunch. Got it. And so, and they had a good time, but it was literally a one-time interaction. Got it. And she decided that meant that they were best friends and were getting each other Christmas presents. Got it. So that was why they were, everybody was like, wait, what? We're doing what? Right. So. Uh, but that's, I'd, I'd say that's probably the only thing you missed, but let's move on. Yay. Christmas. Um, I don't believe I just said that. The next episode <laughs> is, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy's Christmas special, since we're doing Christmas specials. Uh, holiday special. Sorry. Holiday <laughs> special. Where in which we kidnap Kevin Bacon. Yay! <laughs> as everybody wants to do, apparently. Um, that was fan and I like that it was a callback to the first Guardians movie. Um, and I like that Kevin Bacon was basically playing this really hilarious version of himself. <laughs> and he does not take himself seriously at all to to do this. Though I, I when I rewatched the I didn't rewatch the whole thing, but I rewatched the kidnapping part. So like the thing that that I find really funny is Drax comes through the glass door or the glass window, right? He breaks into the house and he freaks out. He throws down the Christmas tree and he runs around in a circle and they chase him and he runs back through an open door that he could have run out of. But instead he runs up the stairs, down the hall, onto the balcony and dives off his balcony. And I was like, dude, But of course, that's what makes it entertaining is him diving off the balcony and 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 falling and all that. But I was just like, dude, you just passed by an open door. But whatever. Um, but it was fun. And then you got to hear Kevin Bacon sing and all of it. And uh, we got to hear Star-Lord say, uh, human trafficking is bad, people. 
You're not supposed to do that. Uh, so, Tom, go ahead. What do you think? <laughs> no, I just... I think one of my favorite points in the uh, special is when they find out he's just an actor. Oh, right. <laughs> they just go on this tirade against actors. I was dying because, you know, obviously it's very, very, very meta. But uh, yes, no, it yes. was fun. I, I still want to look up. Uh, Kevin Bacon's had that group for a uh, group for years. So uh, at one point it was called the Fabulous Bacon Brothers or something like that. Because Yeah, I saw them. I saw them in concert once in like, I think, New York. I mean, they were fun. They were a great kind of a uh, bar band sort of, you know, not a garage band, but. Yeah, they were fine. They were fun. The one thing I thought was kind of arbitrary, which I'm sure better pay off in the next film, is the new revelation, which came from out of the blue, that Mantis and Peter are siblings. Yes. So I'm like, I mean, huh? it's it's a big, fun, Christmassy. Yay! I have a sibling, and we're family now. Wait, who? But I'm not sure. Who are siblings? Mantis. Played by Palm Clemens F. With the antenna. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yes. Her and Peter are siblings. She's like, you're my brother. Oh. Did you not watch it to the end? I'm, no. Oh, was it in the post credits? It was in most of the episode. No. Yeah, the whole reason she wanted him to have a perfect Christmas because she found out she, she was Oh, she was right, 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 right. Totally and he's still that. mourning, you know, mourning the loss of Gamora. Right. No, that I got. I got all of that. Not, that not being with her anymore because th yeah. this, this version of Gamora can't stand him. Right, right, right. No, no, I got, yeah, I got all the motivation and stuff. Yeah. I won't but say they anything. Had to, they had to throw in that little bit of MCU, you know, arc service. Yeah. Right. I, I will just say this because I, 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 you know, I've been talking a lot a little bit lately. I mean, in the, the, the here's all I will say. Um, it was so fun and I don't remember any of the details anymore. So, uh, like, just, obviously, yeah, <laughs> but I just remember the goodwill. I just literally, if someone said to me like, oh, should I watch the guardians? You know, you know, whatever. Cause I was like, oh my God, it was so fun. Oh really? What happens? I don't remember. I just remember that. You know what I mean? Like now that you guys are, you know, first of all, I saw it a long, long time ago. And again, it was two weeks ago. That is a long, long time ago. Okay. <laughs> I can't tell you what I had for breakfast this morning. That is a century. Two weeks ago is a century for me. So, but that being said, um, I will literally just say that whatever all y'all said, uh, you know, it doesn't even matter because I just feel like everything pays off. Almost every joke, the visual jokes, the one-liners, uh, the emotional connection that we got, the ending, all of it. I thought, and, and Kevin Bacon, wink, wink, does such a great job of making fun of himself in everything. You know what I mean? So like he's, he was super game, you know, the, the role was written really well for him to, you know, do that sort of meta thing. Um, yeah. So, I mean, really, honestly, I've got nothing to say except it was such a lighthearted, really fun thing that I almost have no memory of except the, just the happiness of having watched it and, and the goodwill I have for it now. I will actually, because of this. I'm oh, no, 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 no. That's uh, it. Allison needs, yeah. Allison needs to talk. Go I'm ahead. That's it. I'll watch yeah, it. I I thought it was I thought it was a lot of fun, you know, and I was I was kind of dubious when I heard that they were doing this because, you know, I mean, it brings up memories of the Star Wars Christmas special. <laughs> Which um, was so terrible. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and and these kinds of things tend to lean toward that that end of the spectrum more than this. But um, if they, they just they they really were so aware of exactly what they were doing. And, and what tone they intended to hit and everything. And I just thought, like like Yusin said, the, the jokes landed. Um, I, I thought that everything that they were doing was hilarious. Dra just uh, Drax's obsession with his, his funny little man 
Um, oh, the little was, elf. The elf oh. was fantastic, especially when Mantis asks asks him, "Well, do, do you want to make sure that that uh, Peter gets his Christmas present, or you get your funny little man?" And he's like, "My funny little man." And <laughs> I just it was like it was perfect, um, especially when they you know gave everybody their individual Christmas presents at the end, and you know uh, Rocket gets the arm. Um, I was I was just dying. Uh, it was it was it was perfect. Just all the little bits just landed so perfectly. <laughs> um, so I, and uh, it didn't go on too long. It yes. they knew exactly what they were doing. They got yeah. it in there, and so yeah. So this is going to be this is going to be a yearly thing for me. Yes, one of the yeah. few Christmas specials I actually watch. All right. Well, let's wrap this one up. We got two more shows to talk about, and we're out of time. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Slow Horses. We just got episode three to discuss. And uh, you guys can argue of who was right on their predictions. Of, I mean, all of us pretty much predicted that this guy was going to die. Like, we all said that. It was just yeah. a matter of when he how? was going to die. And, 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 and how? when, yeah, <laughs> yes. I, think, I, think, I think when we were all way off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They, they completely pretty much immediately. Me. Pretty much immediately. But not in the way we could have predicted. Because then I was like, wait, did he just really just die of just being stupid? But then they're well, like, no. Of nope. course not. Yeah, and this, I was like, wow. These are Russians. Course, They're diabolical, so they get them drunk first, so they have it covered and, when they have somebody run exactly. them over and pay yeah, a woman yep. to take the fall. Yeah, but yes, actually, yeah. he did die of stupidity anyway, because let's face yeah, it. Yeah, because he shouldn't have drank all that vodka with them anyway. And he shouldn't like, have dude. gone after them and made it so easy for them to them find, to find him. him. Yeah, exactly. he, he was not a good agent. No, yeah. not at all. Uh, but, and then he didn't really report all the stuff he saw. So all the things he did wrong, just a lot. Um, but then we, I like the bit where, uh, the other guy, I can't think of his name. He's undercover in that village and, uh, the secretary, um, yeah. 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 And the secretary was like, did you tell him he was bait? And, and the dude was like, yeah, of course I did. He's like, no, you didn't. You did not tell him he was bait. Yeah, but River's not stupid. He knows he's bait. Yeah. Hopefully he knows he's bait. But he he's in deep now, especially at the end, where the the guy that they've been hunting the entire episode just walks, walks into in. the barbecue. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, so bait. Uh, there you go. And knowing that somebody else killed one of his colleagues, it was like, oh, by the way, such such is dead. Bye. <laughs> it's like, wow. Wow. That is that. He was like, yeah, don't panic. Keep your cool. Keep on mission. It's all good. It's like, no. Uh, but yeah, Soul Horses has been great this season. This season has been way better than first season so far. Uh, any other comments before we move on? I just I just want to point out the the writing for this show is so brilliant. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, I just I live for the dialogue. It's it's the the characters are are written so fantastically, especially of course um, Jackson Lamb, played by Gary Oldman. I mean, just his zingers are the best in the world. The the little throwaway lines that he he has. And he's like, oh yeah, he's like, oh, I hope you're not writing my obituary. The laundromat yeah. visit was hilarious. Oh, right. He didn't know how to use the, the washers and dryers. Oh, quid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All of it was great. All of it was great. But yeah, so I'm going to keep watching new episode every week. Yay. Though we only get six. Woo. All right. The British uh, let's, move, seasons. 
Yeah, let's move on. So hopefully the third will too. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk 1899. We're going to talk episodes five and six. And episode five is called The Calling. And episode six is is called The Pyramid. And in episode five, this was one of my biggest uh, WTF moments where I was like, what is happening? Where all the passengers, all of a sudden, well, not all the passengers, but a great many of them, all of a sudden just started taking a flying leap off the side of the ship for whatever reason. Like, I don't, at the time, you don't, you don't know what's going on or why this is happening. And then I did like that the characters that weren't hearing the calling uh, one, you know, they tried to stop people that didn't work. And then they were like, well, what if it affects us? So they started tying themselves down so that if the calling happened to them, they wouldn't be able to jump off the ship. And I was like, oh, that's smart. I like that. Well, it's downright mythological because it's straight out of the Odyssey. One of the yeah. oldest. Ah, one of the that's oldest. true. The that's thing true. I like, siren call. One, one of the many call. things. And, and I they like, are literally listening to a siren, a siren. When, when it happens. Yes. One of the but things what I thought was interesting about. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What, one of the things I like about some of these better written shows is they're not ripping off, you know, somebody else's storyline. They're paying tribute to archetypes. And this is an example. So, yeah, it was I loved it. It was so creepy. And ships are, you know, having spent over three years in a ship, ships are really dangerous to begin with. There are so many things to go wrong. And one of the one of the episodes we'll talk about next week, I have personal experience with similar stuff. But man, they they got so much of the dangers of shipboard life right, except for these crazy passages to somewhere else, someplace else. But man, I love this show. I, I just saw the imagery of all these people throwing themselves overboard. Yes. And, and, you and it was happening them. for a while, too. Yes, it kept going on and on. Well, because there's like 1,400 people on this ship. And, and literally, they got rid of almost all of them. So you just keep seeing from the outside. And then when people are in, in their cabins, you see their bodies go past the window. Past the windows, and yeah. It, it's just horrifying. And what I thought was particularly surprising about this the the, where they were willing to go with this story is that it wasn't just all disposable people we didn't know um crester goes overboard he's one of the very first people to go off the side of of the the ship and the you know one of the other ones is is lingy's mother and i i think it ends with um the madam you know, she she's like just ready. Oh, she yeah, she's she's stopped. standing on the edge. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was standing on the edge when they managed to turn the siren off. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's like I mean they're willing to sacrifice characters that we've gotten to know and that we we assumed were going to be uh, there till the end, and nope, off they go. So I I thought that was that was really fascinating that they were willing to to do that with various characters. Um. So yeah, I, I the, but the, the just the imagery of that was was devastating, and the way they keep trying to push people back and prevent them from from dying, and they're they're incapable of of doing that. They can't that hold them back. back. Yeah, yeah, they couldn't hold them back. All right. So, uh, so that was so yeah, it was it was really cool, and it was like I was just standing with my mouth hanging open during that whole thing, and then you had Daniel running around pressing buttons, and I'm like, hurry up! I don't know what he's doing, but I want him to hurry up. You know, and it's it's crazy. And then when you get to pyra- the pyramid, 
like during the middle of all that, that's when Mara and the captain finally like start talking to each other and telling each other some of the same stuff that they're seeing. And then they're, they're kind of like checking out each other's memories, minds. I don't know these passages. And so this is the first time she takes him into the passage in her room and you reveal like her backstory, which is this hospital that she's like, I was either a doctor here or a patient. And she's like, I don't know which. And uh, they get to explore it and try to figure out like there's like a, they know that there's a mystery there and they just don't know what it is. Tom, do you want to talk about the dad and uh, the little boy, the grandson? I really like the actor who plays the kid. And it's interesting because when we start, he's just like, typical white boy yeah and then as it goes on as we learn more about him he becomes more sympathetic and eventually we're going to be completely won over grandpa not so much (laughs) (laughs) he creepy (laughs) he creepy (laughs) and i really like the way this show has subverted expectations because people you think are bad are not and people you think are good are not well i mean we never thought that the father was oh no no no. well some people you never well you think the kid is bad face it he looks like your typical demon child like you know damien six six under his head somewhere and then when we we eventually find out no he's kind of not i don't want to say too much without saying too little but um no i'm in but yeah the whole and i was totally shipping um i can't always forget her name and the captain mora mora and the, the captain. captain captain is ike ike or something uh, yeah. I, I still think of him as hot german jesus <laughs> but, <laughs> that's um, true too but yeah but, uh, uh, yeah i you were shipping i don't care man i don't care if she's married to daniel i'm still shipping her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's my ship i'm going down with it going down with it i still want to know where did he come from he just like appeared from nowhere. Or Daniel? Yeah, he just like. He, it looked like he swam across from the Prometheus. That's what I assumed. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, with this show, he might have just crawled in through. <laughs> there. Well, he came from overboard. Room. He came. He came from overboard. He was wet. So yeah. that's where I'm going. For. This is true. But uh, I, I do like that. I, I I agree with you that they subvert your expectations. And even when they don't completely subvert it, when, you know, the, they have a character who uh, is, you know, a, a good guy, we, we presume they're good and they kind of stay that way or presume they're bad and they kind of stay that way. They still find room at some point to humanize that character so that they're not okay it's like yeah okay you're terrible but i understand where that terribleness is coming from um and there's there's another side to it and i can see where from their own perspective they're doing the right thing um so i really i really appreciated that they took the time with that with the various characters um and and i mean that that led to being able to do that especially with the boy who as you said we we think of him as damien at the beginning and we learn later on that he's not. He's a, a benign child. Yeah. So it's good. I mean, everything about it is all about... It, like, I, I saw... I did watch the making of after, and the creator of the show said she's all about puzzles. She likes solving puzzles, and 
She said this show is just one big puzzle that she really created for herself, but she was like, we get to watch it. And I like that idea. Um, But yeah, you just don't under, like everything that happens, you're like, okay, what does this mean? What is that? What is going on? Like I'm yelling that at the screen, like every 30 minutes. And I thought that was fantastic. All right. With others too, with, with other shows, I might be wondering, is, is this going to add up to anything? Is this going to resolve? Is this going to make any sense? But this is from the same woman who wrote Dark. And I absolutely feel like I am in good hands here. Like yeah. I, I can trust that this is going to make sense and it's going to lead up to something really, really spectacular at the end. So right. yeah, I'm, I'm right. totally happy with it. Well, let's wrap that up. Uh, I, we're definitely giving it two thumbs up and we'll wrap that up. And we're also, we got to do our year end best of podcast is coming soon. Um, so uh, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can go to tvcampfire.gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. You can listen to us on Krypton Radio, Weedonopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.